G'day and welcome to episode 3 of Homestyle Green. Thank you very much for downloading and for tuning in. Um, a couple of things before we get underway today on part 2 of our insulation uh, series. Uh, part 2 and, and final of, of this this insulation series anyway. Uh, I just wanted to um, just remind everyone about the homestylegreen.com website that accompanies this podcast. Uh it's slowly building up over time. I'm going to add some uh, content on there uh, to back up the content on these podcasts, but over time we'll hopefully get a lot more information on there. And I'm really keen on getting some feedback on that as to what would be useful. I've got a bunch of ideas, uh, particularly around uh, showcasing houses, uh, some, some good examples of design, that sort of thing. But I'm really interested in getting some ideas on what would be most useful. So head on over to there uh, and post some feedback and contact me directly on uh, mcw at homestylegreen.com and I'll put a, a contact page onto that website. So that, that's the main uh, point of reference for all things Homestyle Green. So um, please do get in touch uh, at mcw at homestylegreen.com. I'd love to get some feedback. And uh, on a similar note, uh, it'd be great to get some feedback over on iTunes as well. And if you haven't already, then it'd be great if you can subscribe to this podcast. Just hit the subscribe button in there on iTunes. And uh, it'd be great if you if you can uh, spread the word, let, let other people know about it. And uh, it'd be good to get some reviews up on iTunes as well. I know that uh, helps out with getting, getting podcasts up and running. So please uh, feel free to... Um, let uh, the world know what you think about this uh, the homestyle green and uh, and this podcast right that's it for uh general stuff we'll uh, get stuck into or well, picking up our conversation about insulation now since um, last episode i um, just wanted to to recap what we went over which was basically heat transfer and the, the, the physics of heat transfer and then we went on to talk about the different types of insulation and, and how uh, insulation works to slow down that heat transfer and I just want to uh, bring up a couple of other resources that I've found in relation to that which are um, very relevant and very useful um, one is from brands and there's a, a great site called level.org.nz and on there are some resources all sorts of resources for if you're ever thinking about doing any any renovation uh, the the tagline of level is the authority on sustainable building uh, which uh, sounds very topical and and is is very useful and is a great resource for all types of uh, renovation and, and sustainable building on that site uh, now there's also on there you can you can find a, a PDF a downloadable PDF with all the different types of materials and there's a great summary on there about uh, let's have a look here there are things like the the um, how the basic insulation product works um, the something that's really interesting is the energy use of what you call the embodied energy um, which is the basically the energy required to make uh, that product. Uh, there's also information about where the products are made, uh, the, the relative cost. Although it doesn't actually provide any costs on here, but it, it talks about it sort of says whether it's high, high or low with respect to fiberglass. Um, and some other information, end of life 
sort of uh, basic information as to whether the products can be recycled or not. So definitely recommend heading over there to Level. That's www.level.org.nz and uh, having a hunt around there. I'll, I'll put a, a direct link to the actual PDF on onto uh, the the notes for this on on our uh, homestylegreen.website website as well. Sorry, homestylegreen.com. Um, so I, I'll just I'll pick up on some of the, the details on that in just a moment. The other one I just want to uh, ref, refer you to is a, a, a site called Biotechnology Learning Hub. Now this uh, has some great information about wool, and I uh, fumbled a little bit last week because I know that there are some differences, or some key differences between the actual fibres of natural sheep's wool versus glass wool or mineral wool as you might find in, in fiberglass bats. This site describes that in much more detail than I'm going to go into here but it's quite fascinating. They've got some great uh, electron microscope I think um, photos and some, some blow up little animations of what uh, yeah, a microscopic view of wool looks like and that, that really shows some of the uh, physical nature of, of the uh, wool fibers and then explains why that's important and, wh and why some of the the properties of wool are slightly different from uh, primarily the smoother fibers of uh, glass wool or um, um, gl uh, mineral wool uh, bats so uh, yeah, and again, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the in the uh, blog and the show notes as well. So, just um, picking up on on that, I guess um, I'll refer back um, briefly to those different materials. But what we're going to cover t today, really quickly, is um, where insulation goes around the house, and, and typically what types of materials are used in the, in those locations. So three parts really, ceiling, floors and walls. So roof, under your feet and around the edges of the walls of the house. So starting off on the ceiling, now there's a there's a great uh, diagram that kicks around most pages that, that have anything to do with insulation that, that talks about this magic figure of 40% of heat being lost through the ceiling. Um, now that is true for a uninsulated house. Now there are unfortunately some completely uninsulated houses uh, which um, in that case then ceiling, the ceiling insulation is definitely definitely the place to start uh, because that's, that is a, a huge amount of heat loss going through the ceiling. Um, in any case, it's still a, a really good place to start, and, and I, I just mentioned that diagram because it, that is only true for if it's an uninsulated house. Obviously, if you have some ceiling insulation, you're still going to get um, a bit of heat loss through the ceiling, but it may not be quite as high as 40%. Um, that's normalised by the fact that heat, hot air rises, so you, you still do get a, um, a large amount of heat loss through the ceiling so ceiling is definitely uh, important in most cases where there's a, a standard roof it's obvious it's also relatively easy so that's another reason why it's, it's a great place to start so what are the options there first one uh, which is one of the most common or has been has been the most common 
uh, is fiberglass. And this is, as we refer back to uh, level.org, um, fiberglass bats, um, they're, they're mostly, that's what we what we tend to think of as big, the big bats, uh, they tend to be pink or uh, can be yellow, um, depending on the brand. They can be made, uh, incidentally, of around about 85% recycled material, so recycled glass. Um, the interesting bit of information here from Level is that um, the embodied energy, so that is the energy required input into uh, making the a fiberglass material, is 32 megajoules per kilogram. 32 megajoules per kilogram. Uh, relatively high, but uh, it's sort of in, in the middle of the range when, when we look at some of the other values. Interesting uh, uh, also that the effectiveness of fiberglass does decrease uh, once it gets wet. Uh, of course, it also decreases once it get, if it gets crushed and or, or, or squashed as well. That all, of, all affects the R value because that R value is dependent on it being... Uh, soft and fluffy and 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 what we call um, having lots of loft um, so that's uh, that's the first option uh, tends to be uh, on the more cost effective side so if people just want the, the cheapest then um, fiberglass is is the usually uh, the product of choice uh, personally I, if I was going for fiberglass I'd definitely wouldn't do it myself I'd get someone else to do it because it's a horrible job and you also definitely want to be suited up uh, with breathing gear probably some eye protection definitely some gloves and in my case because I'm uh, quite sensitive to uh, the the small fibers uh, I would want to be uh, completely wrapped up in overalls and I have seen some installers who who wrap themselves up almost um, completely and even tape up their their cuffs around their gloves and just to make sure none of those glass fibers uh, get in because they can be quite irritating uh, in on on bare skin. That uh, I guess the theory there that because the obvious question is if it's so irritating if it's such a um, a dangerous substance that you need to be suited up so much to install it how can it be safe in a roof and and the argument there is that it's it's in the roof so that's away from the living space and that's um that's good that's pretty good in theory uh, i guess the the only uh concern there is that a lot of roofs um particularly modern houses have or a lot of ceilings i should say have a lot of holes in uh particularly around downlights in a lot of cases dust and and uh fibers from that fiberglass do find their way uh, as, as the material breaks down into the living space, so that's just something, just something to be uh, aware of. And obviously, if you ever do want to go up in the roof space and um, do some do some wiring or, or or go up there for whatever reason, then that's something to be wary of. Uh, the next option for uh, ceilings is wool that I'm going to talk about, uh, as in sheep's wool. Now the 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 embodied energy there, according to uh, level.org.nz, is 14 megajoules per kilogram. So that's half that of fiberglass. Now, I'm not entirely sure whether that embodied energy 
uh, oh, here we go. Um, that's 14.6 megajoules per kilogram for recycled wool. So traditionally, most or a large uh, proportion of the content for making natural wool or sheep's wool insulation has been uh, from recycled wool uh, because it's what they've been able to do is, is take essentially waste material from uh, textile manufacturing or carpet making and and convert that into a, a usable product uh, in the form of insulation. So that does bring that embodied energy down um, because I guess it, it's discounting some of the upfront energy that's already been consumed in um, the first time round for that um, for that material. One of the, the bigger environmental concerns uh, in the production of, of wool is, is the scouring, and we won't go into that now, but essentially that, that has some uh, a higher energy content, uh, sorry, a higher energy input. So there's probably a little bit more to that, to that picture than is represented in that value of 14.6 megajoules. So that's just something to, to bear in mind. There's a, a bit of a debate there as to which is actually the, um, the, the more environmentally friendly option natural sheep's wool versus um, uh, uh, artificial products such as um, polyester or, or nylon and, and that uh, that argument um, extends to carpets as well um, wool uh, we talked about a little bit last on the last episode has some particularly nice properties around how it deals with moisture um, there's not, unfortunately, a great deal of evidence, uh, pure scientific evidence around that, but it certainly does make sense in terms of uh, wool being able to absorb or at least control humidity uh, slightly better than um, artificial or, or uh, man-made materials. So uh, and one of the other the, uh, properties of wool is its ability to absorb other toxins like VOCs and sort of essentially clean the air so it's like having a big air filter um, it, you do pay a little bit of a, a price premium for uh, wool over fiberglass so it tends to be slightly more expensive depending on, on the supplier and the particular product and also uh, remember how we discussed last time that in most cases the, the wool material is combined with a resin or with polyester uh, to maintain the the loftiness of the product so and to achieve that R value. So it's very rarely that it's a pure uh, wool bat that it doesn't have anything else in it. Um, but they essentially look the same. They're either in a, 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 a black bat or, or, or a segment. Um, which slot in between the ceiling joists, or a blanket. And blankets are uh, basically the same material, but just hasn't been cut up into small pieces. And um, that is really useful where there's some existing insulation in the ceiling already, and it's simply rolled out across the top of the, the joists up in the ceiling, so you end up with a nice uniform layer. And that's actually a really good system, regardless of the, the actual material that you're using, because you get a uniform layer, uh, so it's nice, clean, like having a, a full blanket over your your bed, uh, and it has the added advantage of covering up all the timber, so you don't get any thermal bridging. Um, 
and thermal bridging is essentially where you, you get some heat transfer or an increase in heat transfer where the timber is. So that's fiberglass and uh, natural wool. Now the third one that uh, we talked about was polyester. And again, very similar, it comes in, uh, can be in either segments or in, in blankets and uh, installed in a similar way. Now the stated uh, embodied energy of polyester is 57 megajoules per kilogram. So that's uh, much higher than both fiberglass and natural wool. And uh, polyester is a product of petrochemicals. So a lot of people are um, concerned about the origins or, or the sustainability of that as a product. Um, however, it does tend to be pure and that it doesn't have any other additives. So the potential for that to be recycled in the future is relatively high. Um, it also can be made from uh, insulated, uh, sorry, recycled materials. So um, it, it's rare that you would use um, virgin polyester for 100% of the of the, uh, the the polyester. So not uh, while it while it does have some obviously a high embodied energy and potential uh, uh, doesn't potentially doesn't sound as, uh, that great when you when you first hear of it or certainly I didn't when I first first heard of that uh, essentially putting uh, extruded plastic in your in your ceiling it actually may not be such a bad idea and I know some people who are designing some extremely uh, energy efficient and very um, green houses uh, people who are very environmentally conscious and that polyester is actually their their choice of product uh, primarily for those reasons of potentially being able to recycle it in the future. Now, all of these products uh, in New Zealand are rated to uh, 50 years of durability. So they're essentially um, they're designed to stick around and, and maintain their insulation properties for, for 50 years in the ceiling. Um, I guess it's uh, a little bit early to uh, to test that and um, uh, to to completeness, but um, certainly the older insulation that I've seen uh, probably hasn't lasted quite that long. Um, most of that's tended to be fiberglass, where it's been installed maybe twenty or thirty years ago, and is, is certainly a lot thinner than than what it used to be. Uh, polyester, um, I, I think it's too early to tell. That hasn't been around for for that long, um, but probably my feeling is that it it has a, a good chance of maintaining its loft for for quite a while if it's not not disturbed and uh, not trampled on and not uh, doesn't get wet. Um, as for wool, um, that probably stands a pretty good chance of. of uh, Staying, staying pretty effective for a reasonable uh, length of time as well. Um, the the fourth option I want to talk about for ceilings was, was paper, which we, we briefly mentioned last time as well. That that out of all of the these four products at least has the by far the lowest embodied energy, only three point three megajoules per kilogram. So that's tiny. That's uh, um, a tenth of fiberglass uh, and even less, half that again, of 
of the embodied energy of polyester. So a fraction of the energy required to actually manufacture it. Um, unfortunately, also probably the least effective of what I've seen uh, after a period of time installed. And that probably goes for any sort of loose fill uh, material particularly uh, where you have a tiled roof. And the reason for that is because the loose fill does tend to, to blow around. So you end up with uh, um, lots of uneven uh, areas and insulation really is only as good as the weakest part. So if you have lots of areas where it's blown around and there's sort of thick piles of it, but then in other areas there's very thin insulation, then that's where all the heat's going to get lost through those those thin patches. Um, and, and when there's a, a tiled roof, you do get a bit of draft through there in, in a windy day. Uh, and over over time, it just blows all the insulation around. Not to mention when, when people go up into the roof as well and, and move it around. And um, Sorry to say that most uh, tradespeople are uh, pretty, pretty terrible at putting insulation back as they found it. So... Um, in terms of durability, any sort of loose fill, and, and that includes uh, any sort of paper type or recycled paper, uh, unfortunately doesn't really cut it uh, when it's just laid out simply on top of a ceiling. So that's um, that's pretty much covers it for for the common uh, forms of insulation for ceiling. Now, um, that's certainly not. Um, doesn't there are there are other products so it's not a, a, a an exhaustive list but that that covers ninety percent of of the market certainly uh, here in New Zealand anyway. Next one I want to move on to is the under under the floor. Now the floor uh, the the most common ones there are actually quite similar. Um, the fiberglass, polyester, uh, or wool—they're relatively new um, on on the scene. What has been more common in the past, like I mentioned last time, is is foil, and also polystyrene. Now, polystyrene is the rigid, um, usually white uh, material, but there is a product now which is black. Uh, and that's a very good product, um, it, it, black polystyrene, and it, it's a little bit denser than the, the white material, uh, which achieves a higher R value. Um, fairly, uh, fairly um, similar to the the ceiling insulation. Uh, the the uh, segments get stapled up in between the joists, um, and uh, my preference on that from what I've heard from uh, from industry and also from what I've seen would would be for the what they call the bulk insula insulation product so that would be the, the likes of polyester or, or wool and the reason for that is because they're slightly flexible they tend to fill the gap between each joist uh, much better uh, polystyrene can uh, be made to fit in between the the wooden joists quite neatly, but what tends to happen is the the polystyrene is very straight, um, and wooden joists are not completely straight. So you end up with some uh, some small gaps along the edges. Now the 
originally polystyrene was just friction fitted so it was just slotted up and, and shoved in between the, the the joists and i've been to many houses where you look underneath and there's lots of, of white segments of polystyrene insulation lying on the ground under the house where uh, wood as it, as it dries out or as it ages it moves around a little bit and polystyrene just simply falls out usually these days um, polystyrene is installed with some clips two little plastic clips uh, to hold it up in, in place as well as um, friction fitting in between the joists so that, that problem has largely been addressed and certainly if you're getting polystyrene installation under your house you definitely want to ask the installer and check that they're they're using some method of retaining the the polystyrene under there uh up underneath the the floor the 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 poly the um the polyester or, or wool material uh because they again it is what they call friction fit so it does it does just shut they should basically shove it up in between the joists um but because it expands slightly to fill that space, you get a, a more snug fit in between the joists. It's, it's a slightly um, better fit. Beyond that, the the question of which product you go to really comes down to price and to R value. The, the polystyrene does tend to be a, a higher R value for the same thickness. Uh, so if ultimately... If, if you want a higher performing material, um, at least a higher R value, then that's probably would be the way to go. But you you may need to consider price, and like I said, the the quality of the as with all insulations, the quality of the work is going to affect the overall performance. So um, just need to need to be a little bit careful and check uh, with that. And then I guess it comes down to people's people's thoughts about um and hopefully i'll I'll, I'll go into this in a little bit more detail in a future cast because i think it's it's a really important discussion point as to the overall uh, environmental benefits uh, costs versus benefits of products like polystyrene Um, polystyrene particularly uh, it's got a bit of a bad name for itself from an environmental point of view and it would be good to get get in some experts and talk about that in a bit more detail foil I mentioned last time that industry has moved away from foil a little bit it is still being used I've I had a look uh, at a house being built just last week and they're actually using a double foil system where they're using a uh, one sheet that of foil that, that sags uh, between its joist and so in, in the middle of the joist it uh, it sags down around um, 50 to 100 mils, and then there's another layer of foil above that, which is is uh, more uh, taut, so it's sort of laid flat across the top of the joists, and then the flooring board, in this case a wooden board, is laid directly over that. So you're looking um, down from the floor, you have the the floorboard. A piece of foil underneath that, directly underneath it, and then a, a sagging piece of foil that that drapes uh, between each joist across the length of the floor. Now, the the uh, theoretical R value of that system is around about two. That is quite an impressive R value for underfloor uh, insulation. 
the the code requirement I think is about 1.1. I'll have to uh, double check that. Um, but it, it's it's around about half of that anyway. So to to have an R value of two in the floor is actually quite a good uh, result for particularly just for a, a thin material like that. Uh, I would think that that would perform quite well uh, at least around that level when it's new. Um, but I would question the longevity of, of that sort of system um, because that foil does rely, as far as I know, on the the shininess of um, the material. So uh, I'd be a little bit sceptical about that. And, and, and also it is quite fragile as well and susceptible to, uh, to tears. Um, but that was interesting that it was still being used. I, I would have thought that it would uh, not be the, the material of choice these days. The, one of the key uh, dangers with, with foil is the fact that it conducts electricity, and there have unfortunately been some fatalities of people uh, here and overseas who um, either directly have been injured or, or even killed when they're installing foil, uh, and that's because... If you're unlucky enough to have not turned the power off for the house and um, quite often the material, if you're retrofitting it, is stapled uh, and you can imagine what would happen if you put a staple through a, a live cable uh, and then that staple connects with that cable and well, basically connects as a, a live connection from that cable through to the foil, effectively making the whole sheet of foil um, into into a live a live wire um, which is obviously a very dangerous scenario if you're underneath the house um, there's a danger there for the for the person installing the material there's also a danger for anyone who else other uh, somebody else who goes down underneath the house to, to fix something at a later date so that's one of the other big concerns about foil and in fact if you if you ever do come across foil um, it really should be uh, tested for for conductivity the same way that you would if you if you took a cover off a, a PowerPoint uh, because you don't know whether it's live or not essentially if you haven't done the work. Um, alrighty, so that's under floor. Then I'd just quickly mention that under floor, if you are insulating underneath the house, it is a really good idea to do. Um, to put some polythene down as well and and the reason for that is that polythene reduces the um, the dampness in that floor space and the dampness can really impact the uh, the, the um, how easy it is to, is to maintain the, the warmth in that space so the final element that I want to talk about is of course walls and walls are a little bit more tricky uh, because it it is very hard to retrofit insulation into walls. So in terms of we'll look at new builds first, new builds, um, they have the same similar options to uh, to roof ceilings and underfloors, which is basically your um, fiberglass or even your wool. Um, most of the manufacturers who, who make ceiling insulation will, will make wall segments or, or bats as well. Of uh, very similar material, uh, so all the all the options there apply, and there are some polystyrene options. Um, 
don't tend to be in segments, although I have seen segments that are stuck on things like uh, tilt-up concrete or concrete block. Uh, polystyrene does make a, a good option for affixing to uh, particularly the outside of, of concrete wall. Um, the, the Another option there, of course, uh, is foam. And like I said last time, unfortunately, I, I don't have a lot of information about foam. Um, I know that expanding foam is used overseas and there are some options now which are apparently a lot more environmentally friendly because they don't use um, the same amount of polyurethane and again it'd be great to get a bit more information on that and, and report back on that um, particularly from a retrofit point of view but I would say at this stage um, to be very wary of, of putting expanding foam or, or, or pumping things into an existing house um, for a couple of reasons but firstly mainly because you, you just really don't know how, how well it's it's spreading what the coverage is like um, and also what it's doing to the, the space that is, uh, is, is, is meant to be there so in terms of retrofitting um, the uh, like I said, it's very hard to do, unfortunately, but really the only way to do it effectively at the, at the moment for um, the standard houses is, is to do it as you're redecorating. If you're de redecorating a room, you've got to empty it out and, and, and uh, deal to the walls anyway. So um, my recommendation there is anytime you are uh, repainting a room or, or redecorating um, and it's an old house, then uh, it, it's worth the extra time and effort to uh, whip the walls off and, and put some bats in and uh, and reline it as you go. Of course, the other benefit of that is you can you can do some other fancy stuff and, and move the powerpoints where you want them and fix the lighting and uh, and and do a, a general tidy up around the place as well. Does it make the job a little bit longer? But uh, in terms of overall performance, I think it's 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 always been well worth it. All right, I'm going to wrap it up there because uh, it's been over half an hour and um, I certainly didn't intend on speaking for another half an hour on, on uh, uh, in that detail. So um, sorry, the time's got a bit away. Um, something we haven't covered is is sound insulation. So I might pick that up again in a, in a future cast and talk about the differences between sound insulation and, and thermal insulation. So that's it for this week. Uh, once again, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear comments, questions, feedback. Uh, and please email me at uh, mcw at homestylegreen.com. That's mcw at homestylegreen.com. And be love to uh, be great to um, get some uh, get some comments on on the website as well. Feel free to um, add a comment to the blogs or ask a question there. And as I said at the beginning, please do head over to iTunes and, and click on the subscribe button for Homestyle Green. And it uh, be great to start getting a, a few comments in the, in the ratings for, for the podcast as well. That's it for this week. Thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next time on uh, Homestyle Green. Homestyle Green.